Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. A new head coach and boy genius, Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen. iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. Hello. And welcome to the Chase Edmonds Book Club. I can't even pretend to be calm. Welcome in, guys. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. This is Finsider Radio. We've been talking about it for some time now. Jake and Josh, we are going to jump in and we are going to do what we used to do back in the day. And we're going to rebrand it a little bit. You've heard us talk about our book clubs, our off-season book clubs, where we help you get to understand a couple players on the Miami Dolphins a little bit better. So thank you all for joining us. I hope everyone out there is having a fantastic day. And before we start to dissect Chase Edmonds and what the fifth-year pro might do in the Miami Dolphins offense, I got to welcome in my co-host because if you're looking for two people to teach you, two people to really give you a degree in the nursery book club, you can't ask for anyone better than a one-year adjunct professor and a father that is teaching three young kids. So Joshua, how you doing today? 
I'm doing good, man. The kids right now, they're at bay. The two of them are watching TV and the baby's sleeping. So we're here to do our nursery book club. Sorry it wasn't sooner. I think we even teased this last weekend so or last week. So uh, it is what it is, but we it's exciting to talk about this running back who, let's be honest, has a little bit of, he's a different type of back than what we might be used to. How have you been, though, man, before we jump into Chase Emmons? How have you been? I'm good. You know, if everyone out there is feeling like it's been a little bit longer today, well, it's kind of because it is. It's the first day of summer, technically the longest day of the year. So, hey, I hope everyone's out there. And I know in, in, you know, South Florida, down in Miami, it's a little harder to enjoy the summer because it's so hot. But, you know, I hope you're making the best of it. And Josh, I think it's important to start with with a note here and do a little bit of a be a dictionary for the listeners, because, you know, we have our fin sliders, a.k.a. their little bite sized, you know, podcasts. And we also have our book club. And, you know, I think calling it the nursery book club, like you, like you just uh, defined it, I think that's such an incredible idea. And, and what we're going to try to accomplish in these things is we're going to, instead of, you know, focusing on a specific news topic, focusing on a specific unit, we're really going to try to bury in and really try to detail how a specific player will be used on the Miami Dolphins. We did this in years past. I mean, we hit home runs. I, I remember us, uh, you know, really learning a lot about Christian Wilkins after his first year, because you think back to that 2019 Dolphins team, it wasn't good, right? They overachieved with their five wins. And we kind of asked ourselves, all right, so how can we see if Christian Wilkins was the right pick? I mean, this was a first round player. He's a defensive tackle. I mean, you can't really look at sex. Uh, another guy we did, man, your, your favorite running back of all time, Kalen Balaj. We dove into what he meant as the starter for the Miami Dolphins and breaking news. Um, it wasn't too good. So Josh, what we want to do here today is um, really focus in on Chase Edmonds. He was the first free agent the Miami Dolphins signed this offseason. We've heard time and time again how important the running backs are to Mike McDaniel's system. And the Dolphins have signed a lot, a lot of different running backs this offseason. So here we go. We're going to kind of zone in here. We're going to lock in. Grab your coffee, grab your Corona, whatever you use to focus and study in. I hope you read your, you know, chapters three and four of the book and you're ready to come back in and, and talk about it. So, Josh, how about you start here? Give me a little bit of a brief bio, say that five times fast, of, you know, Chase Edmonds and what he really brings to the table here. Yeah, well, I hope you don't hope, uh, think I was studying or anything like that because I was always <laughs> terrible at that. I kind of just pretending. went into the test. Yes, um, I, I know we talked about it before when he signed, but he actually played right down the street at Harrisburg, PA, was a prolific high school player at Central Dolphin, you know, put up terrific numbers there. But uh, Jake played four seasons with Arizona. Like you say, he's 26 years old, averaged 5.1 yards per attempt in 2021 and 2019. And um, I think the thing that stands out most, Jake, I pulled up this tweet from Connor Allen. He said, uh, per sports info, the 49ers used zone blocking 282 times last season. That was sixth most in the NFL. Chase Edmonds on zone blocking uh, on 50 plus carriage averaged 5.8 yards. That was best in the NFL. So uh, you mentioned to zoning in on this. I think, you know, that's where nice. we start. He's the per Perfect fit for Mike McDaniel, you know, zone style offense. So um, I like this move. Again, we talked about before, you know, Mike McDaniel had that front row seat. He knows what uh, Chase Edmonds is capable of. So uh, two year deal, $6.1 million. I like the signing, Jake. Give me some of your early thoughts on what you saw out of Chase Edmonds. One of my favorite thing I, things I've heard you said, because I haven't even even it hasn't crossed my mind is the fact that, you know, we hear about coaches when they go to a new organization, they bring players with them, right? 
Mike McDaniel, he's signed two running backs. He played against, you know, in, in Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle, two guys inside his division. So I just think that's such an interesting little wrinkle to this where he's not really focusing on his guys, but he's focusing on his type of guys. And he's seen that happen. Now, uh, you know, Chase Edmonds, he's never reached 600 rushing yards in his career. Uh, but with that in mind, he had 903 total yards in 2021. That is despite playing just 12 games. Uh, his 903 total yards was also a career high. It included 50, 43 receptions on 53 targets. And Josh, I think the big thing, if you're looking at Chase Edmonds' entire campaign last year, you know, injury concerns, breaking news are concerning. But I think the big thing here that I think we can really take away about his, you know, 43 receptions, 903 total yards is his lack of touchdowns. He had zero receiving touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. And, you know, you might say, oh, man, you know, the Dolphins have always been one of those teams where, uh, you know, from the 20 to the 20, they're great. But once they're inside the 20, one way or another, I mean, they just really struggle. But you look at that Cardinals backfield, man, and, and James Conner having 18 total touchdowns last year is an absolute, you know, albatross in a sense, especially when you consider that, you know, Chase Edmonds, 116 attempts. 5.1 yards per carry were both career highs. So, I mean, you look at that touchdown number, you're a little nervous, but in reality, man, this is the type of player you think Mike McDaniel's really looking for. You mentioned the zone blocking scheme. He's someone who is going to be a Tuesday and Wednesday player. And what I mean by that is as soon as the Dolphins finish a game week and they start, you know, flipping the page, looking at the next week's film, I think Edmonds is someone you can see right away when you're focusing on opposing defenses. This is a, this is a matchup where we can most certainly take advantage of someone like Edmonds and make him a real playmaker. And I think that's really where he's going to be defined inside this offense. Yeah, not to spiral too far out of control, but we mentioned, you know, Sony Michelle and Chase Edmonds. I mean, he also brought in Raheem Mostert. So he brought in a lot of those NFC point, uh, West point. running backs. Um, but honestly, it just feels like one of these young players that might be waiting to be unleashed. I mean, we saw the way he played, like you said, when James Conner was out, you know, some of the, the things he did there. So I'm excited for it, Jake. I looked up some of these fantasy sites. Player Profiler had him as a comparable player to uh, Dolphins killer Dion Lewis. I know that that's Ooh. another smaller Ooh. back that's kind of shifty. And then uh, Mock Draftable kind of breaks down their combine numbers and some of the names, Javante Williams, Miles Sanders, uh, LaMichael Jones, and uh, Ronald Jones. So um, some decent backs that he's been compared to. But I think this might be a player that, you know, saw an opportunity here in Miami. Again, he was one of the first guys I think Mike McDaniel signed. And when you look at what he can do in this offense, I mean, I I think he might be that guy that, you know, kind of surprises a little bit. He is the 12th highest paid running back in the league. And I, I pulled up an article that said he was guaranteed six times more this season than Raheem Mostert, which was the next highest paid running back guaranteed money on the team. So um, it does sound like when you crunch the numbers and things like that, he may be that de facto uh, number one running back this season. And that's the thing, man, uh, the Dolphins running back room. And I think overall across the entire board, the, the Dolphins have strictly focused on depth this year. And I think that's a really exciting, uh, refreshing change. I mean, yes, you have your Toronto Armstead and Tyree Kill signings, but I think this is a franchise, especially when you've had someone in place as long as Chris Greer, who's starting to realize like is as great as you can look on paper. I mean, injuries are going to happen. Things are going to, uh, you know, change. Players are going to develop. Players are going to regress. So this is an absolute stacked running back room. And I think, you know, you mentioned the fantasy heads. Everyone's really wondering. I mean, Chase Edmonds, is he going to be the guy the guaranteed money. I mean, Raheem Mostert is just absolute stud if he can stay healthy. And then you just work your way down the list with Sony, Michelle, Miles Gaskin, Salvan Ahmed, Jared Dokes is still floating around. You got Zaquandre White, excuse me, an undrafted yeah. free agent. Acorn. And also, 
Alec Ingold. Alec Ingold is floating around, and I'm going to sound like a broken record with him, but, man, he's going to be a monkey wrench for, for this roster just in terms of, hey, we want to keep, you know, four four running backs, you know, four tight ends. I think Alec Ingold, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. It's, it's a very good problem to have, but when we're going through and we're making, you know, final 53-man rosters, I think Alec Ingold is going to cause a lot of people fits and deciding, are we going to keep that extra wide receiver, uh, whatever it may be. But, Josh, you brought up an interesting point about that de facto – RB1. And we have a bunch of quotes here, and I'm going to skip all the way at the bottom and we can work our way back up. But last August with Arizona, Chase Edmonds said, strictly, this was the one quote he had in this entire story about the Arizona backfield because, you know, they just signed James Conner. His one line was, I hate the term RB1. And you kind of got that last year with how they used James Conner, and you can instantly see it this year with the stacked unit the Dolphins are working with. And, And Josh, Let's get into some of these quotes, but before we do that, I need to ask you, what do you feel about naming this backfield, the entire running back unit, just the village? Because I legitimately think it's going to take all of them to accomplish what Mike McDaniel wants to do this year. Were, were the village people the ones that did the YMCA? Is that what I'm picturing yes. in my head? Okay. No, yeah. no, safety dance, safety dance. Uh, I don't, I don't right? know, but yeah, we can, we can go with it. We can go with that, man. I'm fine with whatever we want to call it, but it is a stacked unit. I mean, I think we can all sit here. Um, I, I love that he said, you know, I don't, I hate the word RB1 because I was going to even bring up Jake. I, I don't know if you do underdog fantasy best ball, but he, I need to. Chase Edmonds is the 36th ranked running back going 112, you know, average draft position. So, I mean, we look at what he could be. I mean, this guy could honestly be a steal, but it really comes down to where the Dolphins are going to play him. I mean, you mentioned this loaded backfield. I mean, when Raheem Moster comes back, he's absolutely going to, you know, take some carries away. And I still think Sony Michelle might be that, you know, quote unquote, early down back that they might use. But Chase Edmonds, I mean, once they signed him, you could clearly tell that he was going to be a difference maker in the passing game, right? I mean, you mentioned it was, what, 43 targets last season, 53 uh, or fifty-three targets, 43 receptions, but again, zero touchdowns. So, I mean, is it crazy mm-hmm. to think he's going to be more of a factor in the passing game this year in Miami? I mean, he would be the perfect, you know, check down option for Tua Tungvaloa, you know, when he doesn't see some of the things properly. So, I don't know, man. I, what are your thoughts on who might be the odd guy out of this running back room? Because um, I think I saw Miles Gaskin might save, you know, close to three million dollars if he's cut um you know some of these other guys are on the outskirts who would you i mean who would you eliminate in this running back room the village as you called them who are we exiling from the village yeah i didn't know if you want to do this now but you did ask me to ask you questions while we were doing the podcast i like that i i think jared (laughs) dokes might be the first guy out just because i do like white more than him if we're being honest Uh uh-oh I do like White more than him, if I'm being honest. But, I mean, I mean, Dokes could still make it on the practice squad. Salvin Med, I mean, he, again, he does a lot of the same things as Miles Gaskin. And then Sony Michelle's, again, the Thunder. So, dude, I see Edmonds, Mostert, Michelle, and then one of those three, Gaskin, Ahmed, or Dokes making the final roster. And then Zaquandre White on the practice squad. I mean, that doesn't even factor in Alec Ingold, which then that gives you five running backs. So, damn, dude, I, I don't know. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And it's such a stacked list, Josh. And I think this is why we wanted to pick someone like Chase Edmonds to do first, because there's so many different ways this offense can go. And you brought up an incredible point about how much the 49ers use the zone run. And Josh, I think that is going to be something very much to watch this year, because if we want to dig back uh, the, the layers a little deeper, there are two different types of zone offenses that, you know, you can run. You can run it one that focuses on the inside zone and one that focuses on the outside, where the inside zone, you're kind of, you know, moving your feet back and forth, not really going anywhere. You're waiting for that opportunity to kind of strike where the outside zone, you're more just you're picking up speed, the the at a quicker rate. And then you're just kind of hitting a hole and going and chase Edmonds actually had a quote, Josh earlier, this, you know, this off season about switching from the inside zone. He ran with Arizona to more of this outside zone that we're going to see with the dolphins. than we saw in San Fran, this is what he had to say. The flow for the backs is a little different because an inside zone, it's more slow to fast where I can pitter patter. My steps Edmonds said outside zone here. It's kind of like you're riding a wave. Once you hit that wave, you got to hit the gap and go. I'm getting used to that. I'm getting my feet under me. I'm taking pride in that journey, that challenge of fine tuning it. And Josh, I watched some highlights of, of chase Edmonds and you could really see the impact of that inside zone when he played against the Rams. It was a 112 yard performance where you could really see him do that pitter patter. He's waiting for, you know, the center of the guard to make that one little hole where he's able to break through. So I'm interested to see how they kind of give out these touches. Are they going to focus with someone like Raheem Mostert more on those outside stretch runs on the outside zone? And then Chase Edmonds is that inside zone guy who you can really isolate him on one defender, whether it be a linebacker, whether it be a single lineman. I think that's where we're really going to start to see the difference of how Chase Edmonds is used because just the way he plays the style, I think he's a a running back who can win at all three levels, but to win at all three levels, I mean, it's not like you can say he's going to run through three defensive linemen and then two linebackers and safety. It's just isolating those one-on-one matchups where, you know, if he can get by the defensive end, then there's just an outside linebacker. And then if you break that last safety who can barely tackle, then you're home free. So Josh, I do want to ask you how you feel about maybe the Dolphins sticking to a specific running back in each and every game, because I'm starting to get the feeling just based on everything Mike McDaniel said, you know, going back to how he, you know, worked with RG three and he never ran RPOs before that. And then working in the stretch offense, uh, where someone like Raheem Mostert, where someone, uh, you know, where someone like Raheem Mostert has some comfortability, uh, with, you face a team like the Chargers, at least last year we used for the sake of this argument, the inside zone is going to work a lot better than the outside zone. Just because the way that defenses ran, those tackles, uh, they really struggled last season. So, Josh, I have a feeling that with someone like Edmonds, we're going to know right at the beginning of the game strip, script, you know, those first 10 plays. And I think this is what's going to be so frustrating for fantasy. We'll know in those first 10, 15 plays if Edmonds is going to be the guy in a given week, just based on, you know, his strength is that inside zone. 
Am I saying he's not going to be able to do an outside zone? Absolutely not. But I feel like Mike Daniel is going to do everything he can to really hone in on, you know, every week, two, three specific players and let them, you know, really dictate the game. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head where you say, you know, they're going to kind of let these running backs dictate what they do. You have written down here, man, he is, he's only 5'9", so he is that smaller back. He had comps to actually Devontae Freeman and some of those guys. So I like the way he fits in this wide zone offense, to be completely honest. I mean, you mentioned Raheem Monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like his speed, his familiarity in the system, what he can bring from that aspect. But Chase Edmonds does look like he's, you know, defined in his running. And, you know, when he sees that hole, like you mentioned, he hits it. I think the one thing that, you know, really got fans excited was I know we all saw the video of Chase Edmonds was at like a high school journalism class or something. And um, it looked <laughs> like he was giving a PowerPoint presentation on Tua Tungvaluwa. And uh, Chase Edmonds had this quote. He said, I do believe that Tua Tungvaluwa is the answer in Miami. I think Tua gets an unfair judgment. I think that's how it is when you play quarterback. I think he was kind of put in some unfair situations the last two years. I think Mike McDaniel is someone who's confident, someone who's going to have a good offense scheme we've got weapons around him this year so Jake what how excited do you get when you hear things like that I mean isn't that everything you want to hear from your running back and, and Josh that's what you want you want guys who can kind of understand the system they're coming into and, and Chase Edmonds is definitely that he's fitting into the PR role and he went on to say he added some thoughts on Mike McDaniel where he said I love Mike already the one thing that sticks out to me is Mike is very relatable he puts his relationships with his players first and I think that in the NFL which is such a business oriented business. Obviously, that's something hard to find. Sometimes you have coaches who treat it like straight line military, you know, Brian Flores, walk down a straight line, go up and do work and leave. Mike so far has done a great job of just kind of listening to his players, having an open dialogue, figuring out what we like and what we don't like, and making sure that it's a good relationship going forward to the season. Josh, that's exactly what you want to hear in the offseason. You can tell that a lot of guys have their hands in that pot trying to figure out what's the right recipe here. And I think it is important to note, too, that neither way is a wrong way, right? Like, we've, we've seen military coaches win. I mean, Bill Belichick is still winning that way. But this is kind of refreshing. You know, you see Mike McDaniel out there wearing a hoodie just for the sake of, you know, I know my guys are wearing pads and I when when they're hot i want to know like i feel that same hotness i want to feel relatable to them which is cool it's those nice feel good things but what you see here at Edmonds is i think his pitch to come to miami was that idea of like hey we know what you're good at but that doesn't define you right we could use you in different ways we know you're good at that inside zone but we also have seen the performances where you just dominate with the receptions josh i was watching that same game against the rams and what really stuck out was I think the Dolphins, you know, uh, a couple of their bigger plays last year, they were broken plays, right? You find the guy running open downfield. But say, you know, there's a big pressure, a big blitz coming, and Tua, you know, has to shake one guy to kind of keep a play alive. And Chase Edmonds does an incredible job of staying available in a play. No matter if he's just on a swing route, he knows exactly when and how to cut back to kind of stay inside his quarterback's vision. Man, there were a couple plays last year uh, where Kyler Murray would not look at him for three, four, five seconds. And that entire time, Edmonds is standing there with his hand up, just isolated in coverage with a linebacker who's 10, 12 yards back. And I think the Dolphins are going to start to develop an offense where there's those safety blankets, you know, in place. We we could speak about it till we're blue in the face about how the Dolphins really had an offense that was focused on just getting the ball out quick. Everybody kind of gave the, the play callers last year a hard time, you know, this offseason over the fact of, well, we didn't really have plays to throw the ball downfield. That's something we already knew. That's not something we should be riled up about. Like, 
it has nothing to do with the play calling. It has everything to do with the talent, the scheme. It's the fact the Dolphins couldn't let those plays develop. And what I see here is a safety blanket really becoming a, a focal point of this offense. If it's Chase Edmonds being that guy, man, I'm telling you, if the Dolph, if opposing uh, defenses, you know, question the Dolphins, hey, their offensive line's still garbage. Edmonds will be that guy to make you play with some sort of warped, you know, 60 yard pitch and catch for a touchdown. He'll be that one guy to make a play that has defenses thinking maybe we can't blitz as much as we have in the past. And again, he's not the fastest player, but I mean, this guy has the speed. I know that you saw the video of him, Jake, you know, working out with his trainer perform. He's looking yoked, man. He's looking like the type of running back that you want to see back there being that bell cow wearing the number two. You know, he has that sweet ass visor. I mean, I'm all for this. Uh, we got to talk about his contract, right? We've mentioned two years, 6.1 million. That's guaranteed. Didn't we talk about a previous podcast? This was essentially a one year deal where the Dolphins mm -hmm. could get out of it after this year. So they signed him. They brought him in. I think he will be that RB1. But man, um, again, I just don't know how it's going to be divvied up. And I guess we still haven't come to that conclusion, right? I think maybe Sony Michelle will be that early down guy. Chase Emmons more in the passing game. Raheem Mostert's going to throw that all in shambles. And then one of these other guys are going to show up right in camp. I mean, Mike McDaniel said straight up, if any of these guys show up in camp, you know, overweight or anything like that, that could be their job on the line. That was any player. So, dude, I don't know. This is a loaded room. I love the village, though. Well, let's, let's go. Chase Emmons, RB1. It's a loaded village and a loaded question that Chase Edmonds was asked. You know, he was straight up asked, how do you think the carries are going to be split? And Edmonds went on to say, I think that it comes down to McDaniel finding out what he likes about what each back uses. It's kind of just like a puzzle piece. You have to figure out which puzzle fits the piece at that time. If he feels like it needs to be something for a certain play, he might call on Miles or Raheem. And if he feels like he needs something else for another play, he might call on me. So that's why he's the head coach and gets paid what he gets paid. He has to figure that out. And, you know, we don't get paid that, Josh, and neither do, you know, fantasy players. You mentioned that, you know, he's Edmonds is being drafted as like a running back three. As much as I love to have Dolphins on the roster, dude, on my fantasy roster, I don't know if I want any guy on this Miami Dolphins backfield on my team. Not because I don't think they're going to play poorly. It's just that I think, like I said earlier, you're going to find out right away in the first 10, 15 plays who's the guy, who, what part of the opposing defense is McDaniel really going to try to take advantage of. And if you're starting someone like Edmonds, who let's say 60% of the weeks is going to be an RB2 or better. That 40% of the time, you're going to be looking at that goose egg or, you know, half a point, two points in that second quarter. And no, it's not going to move just because that's not what's in the game plan. So I really dug into this and I really dug into, hey, who's going to be the guy in this backfield? What's this process going to be like? Josh, I don't think we are ever going to know that. And in reality, that's kind of a good thing because that means opposing defenses aren't going to know either. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Mike McDaniel being this offensive mastermind, this genius. I mean, he has to have a vision, right? Again, he signed uh, Chase Edmonds right away, man. But Jake, I'm going to be honest. I'd be that sicko that was sitting there. You know you know that meme that goes around, that little sicko looking in like, yes, yes. That would be me <laughs> drafting Chase Edmonds all day long at that, at that value, right? I mean, to me, he would be the perfect, you know, quote unquote flex in a PPR. But you're right. You'd be so frustrated trying to figure out if that was going to be his week or not. But uh, yeah, I would be that sicko for sure. But again, it's one of those players. I mean, we've all played fantasy long enough. Those are the guys that make or break your league. If you have a feel and you can, if you can pinpoint the weeks where Edmund's going to be the guy, 
if you can pinpoint the weeks where Raheem Mostert's going to go off, I mean, that's how you win, you know, a FanDuel on a given week. I mean, these guys are an underdog. I think that's probably where I'd start to lean if I'm drafting any of these guys, because if you're playing best ball, I mean, they, they do the hard work for you, right? Uh, but overall, Josh, I, I have one big question here. You think about the fact that, uh, you know, Edmonds has 40 receptions in East of the last, each of the last two years. He's sat around seven yards per reception. Does he break more than five touchdowns in a season that he's never reached that total in his career. Do you think that changes or does he kind of continue this curse? Like we saw with Brian Hartline, he might get you those yards, but, but he's not going to be able to get you those six points somehow or some way. Nah, if that man, we're going to say he's going to go double. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go 10. I honestly, when we were, when I was writing this down, I was sitting here thinking he might, you know, exceed 1200 total yards, but I've been almost talking myself out of that in this podcast. So I'm going to say, yes, absolutely. He'll reach five touchdowns, but I was going to go even further and say 10. You'll, you'll just strip double it on the spot on me. No questions asked. Yeah. I'm just, what the hell? What's, what's the worst thing happen? He doesn't do it. And it's another bad take. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, I do have to ask though, cause I'm, I'm interested. I don't think, you know, he's going to have five plays where it's, you know, a 16 yard run into the end zone. Are you a little concerned about how this offense is going to operate in the red zone? And I don't necessarily mean like in a bad way, like they'll struggle. I think we saw some very interesting concepts last year and they're only going to build on that moving forward. Uh do you think that you might see some some you know chicanery with with Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle getting those quote unquote carries inside the five yard line compared to someone like a Chase Edmonds? In a sense, kind of like what happened with 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 James Conner last year. I'm not going to sit here and say you know someone's going to score 18 touchdowns, 18 total touchdowns, but I just don't know if I really see Edmonds as getting the number called because if you're sitting there at the three yard line and you know, you're looking at the dolphins offense, I think running back is instantly one of the positions you look at. Yeah. I think you just jinxed it for sure. I mean, someone on this <laughs> roster is going to be that James Connor, that sniper oh, no. and, and snipe them inside the, but I mean, who cares? I don't care how they score. Right. I just hope, I mean, you're sitting there saying, you know, they might give it a Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, different things like that. I just hope we don't see that from Mike McDaniel. I mean, we could even go to into another podcast about this, but we hope that, you know, he doesn't, you know, outthink himself in some situations right. like that. But um, I, I guess that's a good question, Jake. And I'm just going to hope Chase Edmonds gets those carries at the goal line. But then again, that might be Sony Michelle's job, right? I mean, he might be more of that, quote unquote thunder that we love to talk about. But Jake, I think we're getting counted down here. It's almost like the Oscars, you know, when you're giving a speech and they're telling you to get the <laughs> hell off. So um, do you want to give your final take on um, Chase Emmons or is there anything else you want to talk about before we jump into our final takes? Uh, one last question I have for you. Do you see this as an offense where they're going to use a bunch of different running backs every game? Or do you think it's going to be a game by game basis where they kind of focus in on uh, one, maybe two of them to be the guys in a given week? Or do you think it's kind of um, every guy is going to see a decent amount of action every game? I feel like we heard it a lot with the last, you know, coaching staff. They would say how they'd go into each week game planning specifically for those teams. And I mean, I don't know that we ever truly saw that. So I kind of think mm -hmm. that might be Mike McDaniel's strong suit. You know, he might be that offensive mastermind, that thing that we were, you know, promised under Flores time and time again, maybe. But, um, you know, I do think they'll go in there each week game plan specifically for those teams. So, um, again, they, they, they I, I can't see them thinking, you know, Miles Gaskin one week might be better than Chase Emmons or anything like that. So I think it might just stay to that trio, you know, Chase Emmons, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, obviously Mostert when he's healthy. And then you got Alec Ingold being the fullback. That's mostly, you know, he's always going to be out there. I mean, that's an underrated sign. And we could probably do a whole book club on Alec Ingold if we wanted to, Jake, you know, because fullbacks, you know, they matter too. And fullbacks, long snappers. I mean, the Dolphins are really uh, bringing us back, and I, and I kind of enjoy it. But after after kind of going through all this, watching a couple games, uh, I, I've also realized that uh, the 
the losers call it highlights and the geeks call it film. So, so whatever your side you're on, I'm cool with it because I watched some highlight film and I kind of came to the conclusion that I think the Dolphins signed so many running backs because simply Josh, I think they plan on using so many running backs. You know, you sign players like monster, you sign players like Edmonds, along with someone like Ingold, they all can accomplish different things at different points against different defenses. Right. Uh, But I think the thing that stands out is they're not, world-changing players and I'm not saying that they can't be great or even an RB1 but you're not having Derrick Henry come in and no matter what defense you're playing you know he could run right through him that's not what the Dolphins are trying to accomplish here um it's gonna be you know for instance the issue if you face a team with disciplined defensive ends that can set that edge I don't think you'll see Moss start as much because you can't get that outside going as effectively you can't really get that wave that you can just rip right through you know what I mean uh, but sometimes you will need someone like Sony Michelle or Miles Gaskin to do things just a little bit differently to get defenses off their rhythm. Uh, I think Edmonds might struggle at times if they're facing a team where Miami's offensive line can't necessarily manipulate the defensive front and give him that opportunity to get to that second level. However, Josh, I'm going to stick to my, my theme here where I think we're going to know when the first or second uh, series of a game, you know, the game script Who's going to be that guy? I mean, I do think when it's all said and done, Edmonds is going to be that guy, the, the top performer at running back 11 of 17 weeks. He's a very opportunistic player, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do with this situation where he's going to, you know, be put in the best situation to succeed. I think that's the biggest takeaway, whether it's watching his film, whether it's reading about McDaniel, whether it's looking at the Dolphins roster as a whole. Edmonds is going to be put in a place where he can succeed. And I think that in in theory is the one thing we want and the one thing we should be excited about. Yeah. And again, I think he's going to be that de facto. I hate to say that, but a number one, and when you factor in again, that he's getting paid significantly more guarantee money than anyone else on the roster as position. And Mike McDaniel had a front row seat at what Edmonds has done over the years in Arizona in his style of offense. I'm starting to get the sense that he will be that number one back. Now that doesn't mean Mike McDaniel won't ride the hot hand or his numbers won't dip once Raheem Monster is healthy, because that's obviously going to happen. But I think when you look at his skill set again, like you said, decisiveness, explosive nature, He's not the fastest. He's not Raheem Moster, but in this zone scheme, you're basically asking him to see the hole and go. And I think when you factor in those soft boxes that defenses are going to show Miami, they're going to be too scared to commit to Waddle and Hill. I think that's going to allow Chase Edmonds to do uh, a, a lot of good stuff in this offense. I mean, we talked about the 43 of 53 receptions he had. 311 yards, zero touchdowns. I think that's going to go up this year. So I love this signing. Excited to see what he can do. But I mean, if he goes out there, Jake, and looks like an RB1, I mean, are they not going to have to come to terms on a new contract, you know, next year when he's what, 27, 28, looking to be that prime time, you know, big paid running back. So um, I don't know, man, at this point, it's anyone's guess, but I think we both agree that uh, Chase Emmons is going to be pretty fun to watch, but we probably won't draft him on our fantasy team. That's a, that's an inter- that's a nice way to put it. I'll, I'll definitely respect that. And hey, you know, if he's sitting there at a certain time, certain place, I will happily take him there. Guys, thank you all so much for joining us for our first chapter of the Nursery Book Club. I hope you're all enjoying it. I hope you're able to learn something from a defunct, you know, adjunct professor and a, and a father of three. I, I really enjoy doing things like this just because it's a little different than, than straight up, you know, uh, looking at a roster, you know, looking at some quotes. It, it really gives you an idea of what to expect from a specific player. And we hope that you guys were able to take something away from that. Next up, we're going to do Jalen Phillips. 
Uh, so take a look out for that one. We'll obviously do another uh, quote unquote normal episode somewhere in there. But to everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone out there is having a great day. Uh, if you're liking what you're listening to, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, the more people that subscribe, the more people find the show. And that's how we grow our community. And, you know, we do this for you guys. We love interacting with you guys on Twitter and in person, wherever we see you, man. We're always looking forward to it. But I see that less than a minute timer ticking down so thank you guys so much for listening thank you so much for dealing with our technical issues and above everything everything else fins up fins up that was finsider radio part of the finsider.com and the sb nation network miami has the dolphins the greatest football team we take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen we're in the air we're on the ground we're always in control and when you say miami Talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, number Cause we're the Miami Dolphins